0: Monday everybody and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana, follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana.
1: And I'm Dan Urban, follow me at the Dan Urban. follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen.
0: And if you like this show, give us that five-star review.
1: And as always we taught judging and MMA, you should learn the criteria by reading it at abcboxing.com.
0: Dan, you have had uh, quite an adventure getting home from being in attendance at UFC 273 the other day in Jacksonville. You you are now in your home in New Jersey. I did not come to uh, the recording studio, the lab, tonight. I stayed in my house. We're doing this remote. But uh, yeah, you, you had a little bit of an adventure getting home, right?
1: It was an adventure going. It was an adventure coming. Uh Going, they were offering people twenty five hundred dollars to give up their seat, but they just couldn't guarantee when we'd get into Jacksonville and I'm like, Well, I'm not missing this card, so
0: I I would have given serious consideration to keeping the twenty five hundred bucks.
1: I was thinking about it, but then they're like, We can probably get you to Florida, just don't know what city, and I'm like, (laughs) I have a rental in Jacksonville.
0: No, you could have gotten an Uber and just paid a lot of money. You already (laughs) got twenty five (laughs) hundred bucks.
1: I don't know, and yeah, then I was delayed, delayed coming
0: home. So yeah, but then, but then, what happened at the very end?
1: Oh, and then the the very end, (laughs) you're missing the the big part. Yeah, this the the pilot was like, you know what, crash land, let's do it. Just (laughs) like seriously, the landing gear needs to be checked out before that that plane flies again.
0: Well, what seriously? What happened? We hit. tell, Tell what happened.
1: We hit so hard. (laughs) <laughs> like originally, we're just cruising, and I'm like, "Oh wow, this is one of the smoothest landings I've ever had." And I'm like, "Wait, did we even touch the ground yet?" And then boom, slamming into the ground. I'm like, holy crap! And I think I actually let out an audible holy uh, expletive. Holy
0: canoodit! Holy, yeah, canoli?
1: no, no, holy canolis. <laughs> Uh Yeah, <laughs> that
0: is wild. Well, you're here. Uh, I hope you watched your step as I advised. Yes, I did. Yeah, plane didn't move again when you were trying to get off or something. No. Right? <laughs> That's good, well, well, I'm glad you made it, and now we can uh we can actually talk about these fights because, uh, I mean you obviously had a, a unique perspective on it uh anything you saw when you were watching, I'm sure it was probably not the greatest perspective as far as from a scoring standpoint
1: from a scoring no i mean i I put some things on how I felt fights were going, and then I didn't mm-hmm. hear the
0: scores and be like huh guess not and you said you were drinking on the earlier side of the oh, i
1: was yes i was enjoying some howler head because uh why wouldn't i they're basically the sure. new, they're basically you the new data tells you to do they're the new mickeys <laughs> That's right uh
0: yeah yeah so but obviously you ended up watching the the rounds later on yeah uh through the uh ufc pay-per-view uh, you logged in under my name. Uh, we we have traded before. It's turning uh, turn about is fair play, my friend. So yes, happy sir. to return the favor <laughs> that you've done for me. Yes, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously there were amazing fights here. You know, the the last three fights were, I think, they were all fascinating in their own way for kind of different reasons. But let's start with, uh, I think you have to start with Hamza Shemaev and Gilbert Burns, just because it was just, I mean, being there live for that had to be amazing. Dan.
1: The 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 crowd was going bananas just yeah. insanity the whole way Chimaev, he must have burned like i don't know 400 500 calories just waiting for burns to get to the ring but the, that guy doesn't stop moving jumping around like i, I think he needs to kind of tone it down for someone who who potentially could have uh gas tank issues in a five rounder at 170 i would say probably not at 185 as much
0: sure you know what I thought was fascinating it was after the fights, uh, he was at the analyst table, you know, with like, I don't think Anik was there yet, but it was kind of, you know, with the with the post-fight crew, right? And they asked him what he weighed coming in, and he said, like, he, he sounded like he wasn't very sure. He thought it was like, uh, I forget what kilograms he said, but it, it translated to, or it uh, it converted to just under 190 pounds, which sounded low to me.
1: I find it hard to believe that Patty Pimblett weighs more than him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would have to think he was somewhere in the 90s, 190. He he was he was up there. But but I mean, come on. Is that is this the fight of the of the year leader right now? It's
1: definitely the three-round fight leader, for sure. I'd have to I mean, I still got Cater Chikadze number 1, but I really you know, when I watched them both again, being there feeling the crowd for this one, it does change really. Uh it was this one was awesome.
0: Cause that was, I kind of almost had the same feel when I was at, uh, the garden for Geechee and Michael Chandler because yeah. the buzz isn't really in the air. Mm-hmm. You kind of, you get the sense of it a lot more being in the house. it uh, yeah. colors, it colors your perspective.
1: People were going so crazy. Like Hums out when he came out, he was the favorite for sure.
0: People were going crazy for him, which I still think is crazy because Gilbert Burns well, lives in Florida. But
1: once Burns started putting it on him a little bit, there was Gilbert chance that there were, people were going nuts. Mm-hmm. for for both ways it was it was it was awesome
0: by the way Dan, here's the question for you this is a little off topic but just thinking of florida here uh is florida the worst state or is it the second worst state
1: <laughs> i liked florida I, I got no issue with them They're... the second worst there. got it <laughs>
0: um interesting i i go the other way i did get uh, a
1: sunburn no I got a sunburn this afternoon. This is another reason why Florida is awful <laughs> is,
0: is the, the the stupid weather. It, I I always burn. Actually, I didn't burn when we went in February because it was February, so I got lucky there. Um, but yeah, I felt like I always burn there, or it's just humid and terrible. Or ex- at least when we went in February, it somehow was actually colder than it was in New Jersey. It's like it, what the heck?
1: No, the worst luck- place ever. I lucked out with weather weather wise. It was it was kind of nice. It wasn't hot. wasn't humid. Just a nice. Uh, breezy kind of floridians were wearing hoodies i was not i
0: felt yeah they're weird because they don't have a concept of what actual cold is
1: i was like yeah this is this is where it's at this is good weather
0: they don't get it (laughs) they don't get it but yeah i honestly for me yeah i mean there's probably recency bias here i'll have to admit but i think part of the reason why i would say that chemi and burns is fight of the year like leading contender through what three and a half months now yeah is because it not only was just A wild fun fight but there was like there's real stakes to it there's real intrigue coming into it kind of added a lot to it you know that it adds to some of the drama there was not a title up for grabs but there's there really was just a lot of fascination here um and it totally i think it like way overachieved what anybody thought it was going to be there was a lot of people who thought that you know Chimaev was going to walk through i didn't really buy that he would walk through gilbert burns i'd for the life of me, at this point, I can't even remember what I really thought would happen. But I, I just didn't think that Shemaya was just going to blast someone like Gilbert Burns. Who so I, I just, he's he's too good, and I think he proved that. Yeah. In this fight, so, uh, but that's that's kind of why I give it a little bit extra weight over uh, over the other fight, you know. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, we're talking about we were actually got some really fascinating fights already this year, right?
1: We've had some good ones, yeah.
0: So, what did we learn about Chamaya from this fight, Dan?
1: The man does have some weakness. At least he yeah. he he he's not invincible. I mean, we which, saw him get which hurt, I, so. which I
0: feel like most people ought to have known. But yeah, I mean, there's now we have actual video evidence that shows something that we already should have already known, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he took he took some big punches, felt some real damage there. So, uh, I mean, but he we came also back from well, it. he yeah.
0: bounced back from the damage. We also
1: learned that he he's durable and that he is uh, resilient and doesn't break. So.
0: He's not just a uh, a glass cannon.
1: That's yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: I think I think that is something that you know, we didn't know. No one knew what he was going to be like. No one knew what his gas tank was like. No one knew how he would respond to adversity, you know? He hadn't really been put through that in the UFC, you know, maybe earlier in his career. I haven't seen some of his regional level fights or anything like that, but you know, he's obviously a different fighter now than he was then. So, uh, to see him now, to see him in this situation where He's up against one of the best fighters in the world. Uh, it's and, and really, you know, I don't I'm not saying that Gilbert Burns is like a top 10 fighter, but like if he's number two at welterweight, which is one of the I think one of the strongest divisions out there, where is Gilbert Burns in the in the grand scheme of fighters across the world? Is he in the top 25, 30? I, I think that's reasonable. Oh, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to do that against somebody like that is, is really impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot here that. Now, there's fifteen more minutes of footage on Hamza Chimaev, so the next guy who fights him is gonna have a lot more that they can start trying to say, "Okay, he does this, maybe we can try that. It definitely changes the way people can approach him, yeah, but it Takes also it, mystique
1: it also adds just confidence to Chimaev that he you know for sure he can go uh in a hard fight, yeah, whether whether a storm or two or three. And and yeah, still be there and days. get his hand raised. So, by the way,
0: there was, I saw like a, a minority contingent starting to emerge on social media just today, Sunday. Uh, it's Monday now, but um, there were people who were saying that they thought Gilbert Burns won the third round. Did you get to watch that back since you've I'd, been home? I'd,
1: I haven't watched it from what uh, I haven't watched the actual pay per view version. Like right, a, like right, right. You're, you're
0: in the house. It's very different. Just, so. so
1: from what I gathered, I thought Chimaev had a, had a pretty strong hold on the round, but did get rocked a bit uh, a couple times maybe in that, that round, where I could understand it might be close. But I still – I thought Chimaev got one
0: and three, and Burns pretty, pretty handling too. You know, I meant to watch – that round in particular back again today when after I saw that kind of stuff. And then I just didn't have it in my written down plan. So it kind of slipped my mind, but watching it live, I I really did think it was, I mean, not like the most solid of rounds. I thought out of the three rounds, it was definitely the closest of them. Like that one that could actually go one way or the other. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I remember thinking, okay, I think Jemaya probably locked this up. Um, but who knows? I mean, if I, if I watch it again, maybe I feel a little differently. I, I don't know. Um, I will say this. I mean, in the... Co- in the I'll t- trust the judges, for sure. But Sorry, you would go... In,
1: in the co-main, round one from my seat versus round one on TV, mm-hmm. completely different. Oh, sure. Like, no, it's, it, crazy Where were different. you?
0: What, what seat were you in, by the way? Just, just... Like, I was in... Uh, you don't give me the exact number and stuff. But yeah. Just tell me, like, how far off you think you were. I
1: was row row P. Row P. Okay. You're right so behind, where, um... Right behind we're, we're, Rogan. Where,
0: like, like 17 rows back or something like that. I forget what letter the, yeah, of the so, P Yeah, uh, so...
1: Piece, uh, like fifteenth row about okay, uh, right behind that's the not, commentary that's team. It's not terrible.
0: It's not a terrible seat when it comes to any seat you can find in the house. I
1: had the same panel as as Anik and and Rogan and Felder.
0: Oh, that's good because you do so, not have a door panel like two of the judges no, did. No, <laughs> <laughs> what a doopy thing! I don't even remember if we said that last week. If I said that, uh, one of the things that they ought to do is make sure judges are not seated at door panels. But yeah, that's something that definitely should change. I did uh, notice UFC that there's shows, another
1: panel with just screens on it, and I don't know if that's meant for the commission to use or something. It's right next to the commentary team's panel. I I'd have to what see what you mean. It, it could be, be a production team. It could be production, too.
0: I I have a feeling that's what it is, but I, I, I would have to have been there so to, to know what you mean. Um but yeah, I think you know, we did we obviously learned a lot about Jamaev. I'm I'm curious to see how the next fighter approaches him. It sounds like well, who do you think is gonna be next? Because Dana was talking about I thought uh, I thought uh, Colby Covington. Covington. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense, to be honest, because I don't know that a performance like this is necessarily what's going to strike fear in the heart of, you know, Kamar Usman or anything like that. So if if they do if 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 the UFC, I'm saying if a billion times, if the UFC wants to give Hamzat Chimayev like the best chance to beat Kumar Usman. Don't put him in with the fight right now. Give him a little bit more time to get a little bit more experience. A fight with Colby Covington, I feel like is actually when I say this just let me let me bear it out. It's a little bit lower risk because Colby Covington is not a finisher. I think he could hurt him, but like Gilbert Burns is, is the type of guy that's like really going to put you through the ringer. And he did, you know, I I think Colby Covington could kind of wear him out potentially. And that's where it would get problematic for Hamzat. But I think there's a better chance of Hamzat hurting Colby early and in maybe even being able to finish. I don't want to say he's going to finish him. I'm not even making a pick at this point for sure, but I, I think they see that as almost like a, hey, we can get that one in because it's not going to just completely clean off Hamzad as like a potential threat so right
1: you, away. So yeah, the only the only path to victory I really see versus Covington is a knockout. Uh, I don't think Colby can finish him. I don't think that's crazy to say. I, I think you're right basically in that, that Colby probably would just wear him out like he does everybody else. I think you can probably grappling.
0: find a way to maybe even um, TKO or finish him late if 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 Hamzad actually does have gas tank issues. I I can mean see that.
1: Pretend, uh, I don't know.
0: We don't know what we don't know what uh, 20 minute uh yeah, looks like. We don't okay that's true. We don't know especially what 20, against someone 20 and 25 minutes really minute. going to push pace like Colby would.
1: But we we did see what 20 minute mass fit all and 25 minute mass fit all look like. Yeah. But ain't, ain't different, different 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 yeah. fighters.
0: But yeah, so I I, I it's got to be Covington next, I think I don't think they would look if if Leon Edwards gets hurt, they're going to put him in there. That's that's what you do. It doesn't. That's the only thing to do, right?
1: I guess. What are you, you going to do? I mean, you can if, go if
0: Leon he, Edwards gets hurt. They're not. Who are they going to put in there instead? There's actually really no other realistic option. Well, we it's not got to well,
1: well, we got this weekend. We got Luke a and Bilal Muhammad. That's potential. true. I, I,
0: I'll give you that. That actually is, is a reasonable option. But I think after the fight that we just had. Yeah. I think that's what you'd have to do from a promotional standpoint. That's what it would sell. Be able... it, yeah. And I mean, all the all the traffic, all the numbers, everything is saying that Hamzad is the one that was the most interesting among people from this entire fight card for the most interesting individual. So but, if you're I mean... looking to sell pay per views, he's the guy.
1: But is, is the Connor talk dead?
0: Well, Connor against uh Kamar Usman? Yeah. I mean, who knows? These things, you know, they move with the wind. It, it could certainly come back up again. All Connor has to do is put a tweet out and then delete it, and then all of a sudden we're talking about him. <laughs> tweet <again>. and delete. <laughs> that's that's the move. Him and him and John Jones do the best at what they do. One one at talking, one at fighting and <laughs> screwing his own career up. Um, yeah, but. I think probably that's about it from this fight. I mean, Gilbert Burns. Obviously, we could we could ask kind of where he goes next, but I think with him, it's really more about. Uh, you know, he's not quite going to be getting back to Kamar Usman for a little bit. I think he's still got a little bit more to go. Yeah, I don't know who you'd put him <laughs> up against next. I mean, maybe <laughs> if if they want to still give Jorge Masvidal something stiffer, maybe him against uh, Masvidal. I don't know, but obviously Masvidal has a lot bigger problems going on right now. Yeah. So that would have to work itself out first. <laughs> and I don't see that happening either. So I don't really have a good name off the top of my head, is really what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, let's move on, though, because we, obviously we've got two big fights here, and then we've got some really interesting rounds, I think, to to talk about as yep. well. Um, Aljamain Sterling against Peter Yan. We finally got the resolution um, from the fight that really didn't get to uh, see itself through to the end last time, which realistically – Peter Yan most definitely was the better fighter that night in 2021 and tonight or this weekend uh, depends who you ask it was obviously a very close fight I predicted a very close decision here I'm not saying I said I predicted a split decision because that's weird but I I I thought it would be close I think I picked Peter Yan to win but I thought it would be really close and sure enough it was really close and, and Sterling got the win but I I was in the camp that thought Sterling won. I think. What Ster- did you think when you were watching live? <clears throat> watching live. Yeah. <clears throat> watching live
1: from my seat, it felt like Peter Yan won round one easily. Okay, which basically is obviously th- basically that's, that's what it came down to. Basically, because it was low output. Um, mm-hmm. and from what I saw, it felt like he was winning until people like in like the fourth round after the fourth round ends, someone I hear I hear them talking. They're like, "Wow, people on Twitter are, are saying Sterling got round one." I'm like people,
0: uh, people around you
1: in the section. Yeah, and I'm like okay, okay. I mean, I had a pretty live bet on 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 the Funk Masters. So <laughs> I was I was kind of excited, yeah, to hear you things like, like that. that yeah. Um, and you know, round f- rounds four and five, you know, there's no no there's rounds rounds two through five. There's no argument either way,
0: really, mm. who won. Yeah, no, for sure, and, and honestly, I, I'm gonna want to talk about round two in just a moment, but to yeah, your thought.
1: But yeah, so when I rewatched it, uh, again. Well, obviously we're gonna talk about this round more in depth, but round one completely different from what i I saw from my seat.
0: yeah, it it was really close and we're gonna we'll talk about that one more in length in, in just a moment once we get to contested rounds. But one thing I do wanted to hi- I did want to highlight in particular from this fight is the fact that the scoring in round one and round two of this fight round one, we agree and we'll get into, like I said later, uh that it was a close round. Uh, It's a split round. It came the whole fight hinged on this particular round, which not uh, not a ton happened, especially for like the first couple minutes started. You started to see more action later on, but um, still not the highest of input output rounds. Excuse me. Uh, And then round two comes along. And this is this is like just a a far and away Aljamain Sterling round. He had he had the back for four minutes, body triangle almost the whole time, I believe, as well. Uh, He's fishing for chokes. Uh, he is not, not quite getting super close on the chokes, but he's definitely not just riding position. You know, he's peppering in some some strikes and not just the pitter-patter strikes. He's landing some decent strikes from the back for what they are. Jan's trying to throw some too. Is he landing anything there? Maybe a little bit, but... Uh, and then there's about a 30-second time frame in round two from about a minute 30 to go to about a minute to go. And in that frame, if you remember, Dan, Aljo just tees off Almost has Jan flattened out and, and he's just teeing off on him. And these are big, big, big strikes. They look big on TV at the very least. It's kind of a burst, right? It's not, it's not a very long time in this round, but I feel like when you couple the the four minutes of grappling dominance, which is good duration of that grappling dominance, and the body triangle is it's there's some, you know, it's not necessarily high damage, but there's something to that. It's it's an actual diminishing move, right? It it's learning the breathing.
1: I mean, it really does suck being in it.
0: I think it's something that at least from my understanding, judges will at least account for. I'm not saying it's the same as like landing a giant uppercut, but I, I think it's something that they will account for mm. as, as yeah, this is, this is a diminishing thing here. When you add in the damage that was being done, when I watched it live, that felt like enough to push it over to a 10, eight, because it was such a different round from round one, especially, but that's not why you give it. It's just like that really ought to be a 10, eight. I don't care the way the judges have been doing it. I don't, to to a lot of degree, I don't even care what the criteria says about it. The criteria and the sport ought to have it in them to be able to give a round like this a 10-8. And I fault the regulators, I fault the scoring, uh, because, excuse me, the criteria, because we've we've gotten to this point. I bet bet you 15 months ago, before Jan and Izzy round five, this is a 10-8 round. And we're not arguing anymore. We're just like, yeah, this is a 10-8. This makes sense. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. And it's stupid. I, I think I think whatever we need to do as a sport, we need to figure out a way that a round like this is not considered the exact same score as the round we just saw.
1: Yeah. Round one and round two are completely different rounds, yet they get the same score. It's such a
0: dumb so. thing. I, I, I hate it. And I really hope that we can move in the direction that, that corrects this. I see this as an actual problem because if that is a 10-8 and we're all allowed to make that a 10-8, then- There's much less controversy surrounding this fight. You actually give the judges the right tools and say, "Okay, we can actually score that round even bigger so that it's very clear that Jan didn't get, you know, uh, he couldn't possibly have won the fight. At the very least, you give him three rounds and then he's got a 10-8 against him. So that's a draw. Right which would have been like just an awful mess with the way the fight <laughs> the whole situation that would have fight. been yeah but it would have been terrible if we had a draw here just because like Ooh. what what happens do they each keep their belt like yeah <laughs> be really worst.
1: what does happen it yeah. would have
0: been strange but but it still felt it would have felt more equitable just because at least you have the right scores being a, a, a applied to to rounds and again i don't fault the judges in any way i think i think they've been screwed with enough from dana meddling last year with saying what he says look dana can't make policy but oh, his me- words he- his words ring very strongly in the community well he meddled
1: again in this fight he, he, yeah he
0: gave his thoughts so yeah the judges screwed it up again right apparently yeah <laughs> Dan- i don't think that dana actually has read the three and a half pages i don't think he reads just tweets probably not he reads tweets <laughs> but they're only 280 characters top. i mean
1: in that round two there was a point where peter Yan covers up he's like kind of flattened out like you're saying for like three seconds while he, while Aljo punching him, and I'm like mm. that that's like the position people go to when they're just waiting for the ref to stop it.
0: Right, and I don't think that's really what he was doing there, but he did kind of get there. You're absolutely he, right. Yeah, he and got there very where briefly. I started to, yeah, that's where I started to push past it. It wasn't mm-hmm. the grappling. It was it was that particular sequence there. I was like, there's some really good damage here. He's mm-hmm. landing hard. Uh, And I I thought that was enough to push it over because the other two D's were so strong, too. So when you you have a round where he's not just riding out, you don't want I I feel like you don't want to give an eight if it's just holding on to the back. Like round three is a good example. Round three. It's not a round where a a ton is really happening from Aljo. It's kind of like the same round that we saw, but maybe a little less success in trying to get to the chokes and there's not as much Mm -hmm. landed either. So that should be a nine. Round two should be an eight. And I think we can make the distinction because there's an, there's much more of an effort to try and finish the fight. And we're seeing things landed that are getting that way. It's not just the effort. It's the actual results of it. Mm-hmm. I think we can distinguish that. And I hope we can get to that point again. That was all I had to say about that. <laughs> Those <laughs> rounds, though. But uh, what do you think's next for still? What do you think the the new undisputed, well, not new undisputed, I guess he's newly undisputed, uh, Bantamweight Champion is next for him. What do you think? Uh TJ. Dillashaw, like you said, it makes sense. That's what. Yeah, that seems to be where they're going. Um, seems like he's healthy enough, and they'll do that. It's probably going to be a very cringe, uh, lead up to that fight from both of them. But uh, that'll just been fun. I like that he plays up the the um, you know, the heel persona that has been assigned to him.
1: It's tough to be the heel versus TJ Dillashaw. That's true. Uh, He's a very hateable person.
0: Yeah, I can't like I am trying to think back to when I did my Attitude Era binge, which is just about over. You and I still have to watch WrestleMania um Seven, 17. We yeah. we we'll, we'll, you and I will close it out together. Um maybe this week, we'll see. But uh that fight, uh, I don't know that fight. That that whole period, I can't remember like a good heel versus heel story. Are there any good heel versus heel wrestling stories that you know? I mean, you got that one that not happen. You got the uh Oh, you know what? Triple H against uh Kurt Angle. That okay. was pretty good. Because yeah. Triple H somehow ended up being slightly less of a heel because it was his wife that uh, Kurt Angle was going after. <laughs> which was such a, which was a really funny story, uh, actually. But uh, yeah, maybe it'll be something like that. Except hopefully All without right. the, you know, hitting on the wives. Leave, the, leave that at, leave the yeah. women. Or, or like Rock Hogan.
1: Rock Hogan, at, they had like a double turn. Everyone was cheering for the Rock at the beginning. And then they, they switched mid-match and started cheering for Hogan. Oh, I the don't rock. know. That, that's after. Yeah, that's after. I, was, your, I stopped mine. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm stopping mine at WrestleMania 17. Yeah. That's when I consider it dead because they turned Austin heel. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, but yes, Dilshaw is obviously next. Uh, you have in here, you, you just kind of plug this in. Ray Longo is a treasure as part I, of our because uh, conversation. From,
1: because from my seat, I see Alf, after round two, Aljo's dancing or doing his like pointy thing. And, yeah. and Jan just goes straight to his corner and sits down. And you see Ray Longo walk in, he's just pointing at Aljo, he just keeps pointing at Jan, and I'm like, I wish I know what he's saying. And then when <laughs> I went home and, and, and watched it later, he's like, yeah, this guy is a treasure, and we should just have clips of him in the corner from when he was cornering Weidman to cornering Mirab to cornering the, the whole Sarah Longo team, because everything that comes out of his mouth is just hilarious, hilarious. So. He,
0: he has guided three individuals to the UFC championship two of which were among the most unlikely of champions. And realistically, three, if you want to add uh, Chris Weidman in there as well, because most people really didn't think that Mm. Anderson Silva was just going to lose. He still had the unbeaten or uh, unbeatable aura to him, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that he has done that, yeah, I mean, he's got to be cemented as one of the greatest MMA trainers of all time. I feel like his name doesn't come up enough, but... He's really like he hit the, the record speaks for itself. The body of work speaks for itself. Yeah, I was I had the the uh, the good fortune, the good pleasure to meet him last month at his gym. Uh, spoke with him a little bit for that Aljamain Sterling feature that I wrote. Uh, and, you know, we, we exchanged numbers. I texted him after the fight, said congrats to you know to you all and, and especially Aljo. He said, thanks, buddy. Great night. So he, he's he was having fun. I'm sure he was living right. it up. <laughs> finally because they, they didn't get to celebrate last time really it was like this time i'm sure they're celebrating so yeah good, good for ray good for good for aljo good for that gym they they uh they you know that's that is a blue collar gym right there yeah what about though? like what do, what do we do with yon here because the the thing that what i saw suggested and this is the one that makes perfect sense to me i think you might agree him versus mirab davalashvili
1: yeah i saw that i think kaposa was the one a bunch of people been saying that one, yeah? Me. That's it's... well, that's why I heard it, yeah. That's why I heard it first. Uh,
0: built in storyline, it's perfect. I mean, they they already you know don't like each other because of the whole thing with Aljo and everything. They um, were yelling at each other or uh after the weigh ins,
1: yeah, the other night. So,
0: yeah, when when I was at the gym, um, it was it was Marab actually who brought a, a Ukraine flag, he's Georgian, uh, Republic of Georgia. There is no love lost between. Uh, Georgian nationals and Russians due to all of the terrible things that have happened Mm -hmm. uh, in in the last three decades uh, between the the two people, the uh, they brought, he brought a Ukraine flag so they could take a picture and post the picture uh, of that. So there's definitely uh, in the current climate of the world too. He definitely doesn't feel very uh, friendly toward a Russian fighter right now. So there, (laughs) that would be an interesting part of that as well. I would hate to see, uh, it to get too toxic between the two individuals because neither one of them is fighting in any sort of, um, conflict in Europe right now, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, look, there, there is true heat there. This is not made up at all. So um, I think it makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah. I like, I like this fight and I like it. Uh, basically no one's going to get tired, so it's going to be a hundred percent go from this, from the jump. And, it's gonna and be... I'm curious
0: too if, uh, if, if Jan's going to be able to one stuff, the takedown, against someone who's really just a, a terrific takedown artist. And two, can Marab keep him down there? Because he often, like, I don't know if he lets these guys up or if he just can't keep him down. But there there's kind of a sense that he can take these guys down at will and he's going to rack up numbers on the takedowns. But you don't really win the fight with just takedowns. So I'm interested in that dynamic, too. And that's got to be a main event uh, of, of like, a fight night or something. Or it's going to be a three-rounder on a pipe review, right?
1: Yeah. That would be, I mean, I'd like to see that five rounds because... I three, would like it too. Three rounds are just getting
0: warmed up. Both these guys, so that's true. I I would like that as well. Um, they they can do that without being a, a main yeah. event or a title fight. Now they they started to dip their toes into it. I, uh, there's no Diaz brothers involved in this one, so that makes it more complicated. <laughs> it's it's. I'm pretty sure it's a Diaz thing. Uh, although, didn't they oh, did they do one recently? I can't remember.
1: Yeah, it was there.
0: um. It just happened. I don't know. It's a blur. Everything. These thing, There's way too much of this. Uh, <laughs> The other question is: uh, Will we get a trilogy between Sterling and Yan eventually? It, you oh, think it was so?
1: it was RDA, oh, not RDA. Yeah, RDA, and um, he took
0: the yes, fight on. Yes, you're right. Traylor RDA and, and, and Moicano. Moicano. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, one of and, them is an unofficial Diaz brother,
1: and uh, we just don't know
0: it. <laughs> Moicano.
1: Yeah, and yes, we we do get a trailer, trilogy at some point. It's got to happen, right? Two,
0: I mean, so. Jan, Jan would have to pass some tests, though. What if he can't get through a really? Dallas? Yeah, well, you well, know, yeah, okay. Fall. So it,
1: it's in, all right. So it's in Jan's court if they get a trilogy or not.
0: Absolutely. Uh, who knows? I mean, maybe if, uh, if if Sterling loses his next fight, maybe it's more possible, you know? We'll see. Uh, but that would moving on, that we do though. Though. I, a non title
1: trilogy fight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That would be unfortunate. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I have a feeling it could happen because I I do think Jan is is an incredible fighter. Yeah, he's, he's still, he's very he's still good. young. He's only twenty nine. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky, though, the other the the main event fighter who we're talking to about third because it's crazy as it is. This this fight was kind of it almost felt anticlimactic just because we had some craziness before and the way this fight developed against uh, Korean Zombie Chan Sung Jung just did not have it. He didn't really have enough to offer uh, the champion here.
1: No, he he did not. I I didn't like this fight from the jump. I know you didn't. Uh, it was basically a Volkanovsky showcase, and he showcased. And it was. He, he, and it was. He, he looked great. Very Is this impressive. the best he's ever looked? I think so, but I thought I, think well, so. I also think he had to look the
0: best he's ever looked. In this fight. I guess so. I guess he probably did have to rise to that occasion, at least for to to answer doubters like you. I well, I expected it from Not him. that you doubted him, but just the fact that you didn't think this fight should have been made.
1: Yeah, I didn't think I didn't think this fight should have been made. I didn't think Usman Masvidal 2 needed to be made. These were just basically showcases for these two guys. Uh I feel it's like a waste of a title defense. I mean, Volkanovski fights once a year. Uh so <laughs>
0: Well, I'm I'm having I'm having lunch with him on Tuesday, so I'm going to ask him if he plans to fight again this year.
1: Please do that and let him know. <laughs> 2000. I'll,
0: I'll I'll tell him all the criticism you've been giving him, and I'll let him know your address and the fact that you know most of the time you leave the door open and you'll be fine. He and, can come over. And,
1: I'll welcome him.
0: And Radar absolutely will not care. Be like, hey, how you doing?
1: You got any food? He'll fall in love with him. Yeah.
0: Basically, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All, all, all the champion has to do is let him out and use the bathroom. He's good.
1: Thing is, this was only his third title defense.
0: I know, I know. It's it, he has not kept a very active schedule. There's, it's been a weird time frame that he's had the belt. I, I'm, I'm, I'm much more sympathetic to the fact that things have been strange in the world.
1: Well, of course they have been.
0: I mean, he was and literally come- supposed to fight last year, and then he got COVID a few days before. It wasn't yeah. his in, in his control. I, to- I interviewed him the day before we all found out he got COVID. That whole interview was worthless. I couldn't use it. <laughs> it's in the can, though. We got, we had a great conversation. Okay. It was fine. <laughs> I, I I just
1: think he should have. I, lo- I loved his his post fight interview uh, when he was on the mic. He said, "You know, fired up. Get Real your fired up. get your act together. I'll fight anybody who's ranked mm-hmm. number one."
0: I'm I'm curious if he's if so. he's come down from the, he probably has come down from that. When when I see him, I'm sure he'll be much more chill and be like, "Yeah, I just want to have
1: some food. Like, that's fine. Why not?" They're doing. I think they're doing Cater and Arnold Allen next, right? That kind of is stuff. that right? I didn't hear that. I don't know if it's official, but that's kind of like the way both guys were kind of leaning. It seems It'd be maybe. Interesting. Um, I like to see the winner of that face him this summer. So you you don't want? Fall, oh, you want, this you want... summer? <laughs> I feel very fortunate I got to see Alexander Volkanovsky fight in person because I didn't. I don't think that I'll have that opportunity very often.
0: Um. <laughs> You are so critical of these people's schedules. When most of the time it's the UFC's fault. <laughs>
1: three three title defenses in three years. it's all. That's not that much, really. That's kind of. And I know you you said it, it's a crazy time, but still,
0: it's crazy time. I'm telling you, man, you're not giving him enough of a break. I'm I'm almost and don't forget, he was also they had him coach on the Ultimate Fighter. So there's like a timeline there. He can't fight during that time.
1: I know, but at least he was on TV. So right. I give him a little bit of a pass on
0: that. See, there you go. There you go. And obviously, you, you like his attitude. You like what he's bringing. I know. Oh, I, I,
1: I, 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 I'm a fan. I just wish he'd fight more.
0: Fair enough. I get you. I get you. Uh, so, who should be the next challenger then? Do you like? Do you want it to be? Do you want it to be that fight, or do you want it to be Max Holloway?
1: I wanted Holloway.
0: Do you? St- you still want it to be I Holloway? I still
1: want to see Holloway three. Okay. I mean, two of the closest fights. Well, the all, first fight was so. not
0: particularly close that was the that was like second one a definite... more so. yeah second one more the, so. the second one's razor close the first one i don't i don't even think max would look at that and be like yeah i won that fight no and max to be fair isn't one to to look at the even the second fight and, and you know say anything it seems like he's just kind of like listen the judge said what they said it's not my place i'm gonna fight more you know i'm gonna keep going he brings a good ad to max holloway does i really like that about him he doesn't dwell on that kind of thing he accepts the things that you cannot change and, and puts the effort into the things he can so uh, I'm definitely curious if they get a third fight. That's what I want next. And it, I, I can kind of feel why Alexander Volkanovski is kind of tired of the idea of fighting Max Holloway again because it's like it almost seems like people, especially because of the second fight, they just want Holloway to fight him because they expect it's going to eventually take the he's going to eventually take the belt away. Like they just don't want Volkanovsky to have it. And I do think there are some fans out there like that. I think there's some fans who just don't want. They want Max Holloway to be the champ. It's not that they don't want Volk to be the champ, they just want it to be Max. And I think it's yeah, kind of lame.
1: I'm sure there's people like that.
0: So like I can understand why he would be resistant to the idea just because of the fans like that. But it's hard to deny that Max Holloway is not the second best fighter in that division. Do you do you just accept that and move on and he can't he has no way, pathway back to the title. I don't know.
1: I also, Especially I,
0: because the second fight was so close. I feel like you have to give it a third try. Well, also, Max is going to get some
1: criticism here, too, from me. Okay. You should have to disclose your injury <laughs> that you, because if we knew what the injury was, maybe they say, okay, maybe we can wait this out. Maybe it's not, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. It's just, you know, he needs some extra, you know, couple months real quick. It's nothing devastating. Instead, How about they
0: do it hockey style? Because, you know, in hockey, they only do upper body and lower body injuries. That's no, what they call them. You gotta you got to tell me what it is. <laughs> All right. Like, you're out of this
1: fight. Why? Why are you out of this fight? I, for one, disagree with
0: you. I don't think they need to disclose the injury because that's something that can be taken advantage of.
1: It also can be taken advantage of, um, I, I'm having a bad weight cut. You know what? Let's say I rolled my ankle or we'll have some kind Not of injury Everybody wants to say that. And, and, uh, and bam, now I don't have to fight. But then... They make a new fight and then max is like hey, i'll I could fight I'll be the replacement well that's silly
0: <laughs> you should just... baloney is it baloney it's baloney <laughs> I love that all your sayings have food in them yes baloney uh it's baloney bananas you said that one earlier bananas yeah uh holy cannoli. yes, what's the other one you got another one
1: um I don't know what I, another one
0: I don't know we'll think of it I'm sure I know you have another one I know you've got at least four I keep track <laughs> I don't have a list, but in my head, maybe I'm like, I some,
1: maybe he someone macaroni.
0: Holy macaroni! That's okay, the one. Okay. Holy macaroni. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, I love I love that they're all food. I I want I I want you to force more. Just just figure them out. Just okay. try them out. All right. Pizza pie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What what about Korean zombie though? It sounded like he was talking almost like and and granted he was probably not in the best mental state right now, having been like beaten up pretty terribly. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have been interviewed in the cage. Real quick, right after the fight. Wait, wait, yeah. My
1: co- My cousin was with me, and he okay. um he was asking, you know, what's the origin? Why do they call him the zombie? Uh, and I was like, well, he gets hit, and he keeps coming forward. He doesn't go down really. And then he, he's watching the fight, and he's like, oh like, yeah, I, I see it. He didn't even go down. Just got cracked in the head, and then was kind of wobbly. And Herb Dean said, no, it, it's over. Yeah, no more coming forward. Yeah. So
0: that, that'll that about do it. That pretty much sums him up in a, in a nutshell there. But yeah, it, either way, I mean, it just it sounded like he was starting to have doubts about whether he wanted to continue in the cage. I don't know if that's just post fight um, in probably a concussed sort of state. So who knows? But I don't know for for a fighter like him. I mean, he's getting older. He's not going to get another title shot. This This was his chance to be the champion. I think he knows he can't get there anymore. Uh, does he want to continue with that? Because he does take a lot of abuse. I don't know. I, I hope he's in a good position where if he feels like that's the case, that he can walk away and feel financially stable. That's all I ever hope for, for for a fighter. Yeah, if,
1: if he's done and doesn't want to take the punishment anymore, because like we said, he does take a lot of damage. Yeah. It's probably time. Sure.
0: Well, well, that bears uh, that bears watching, but no matter what, I'm grateful for all the entertainment he provided over the years, uh, whether he continues or not. Mm-hmm. He, he's definitely some, one of those guys who, like, he's not in the Hall of Fame, but he's in, like, the Hall of, like, badassery or something, you know?
1: Well, he'll, he'll get a, uh, he'll, a he'll Hall of out.
0: Violence. We need a Hall of Violence. I mean, that's, that's for the fighters that are not necessarily champion caliber, but they were just so awesome to watch. I and mean, him,
1: him and Yair, that might be a, a Hall of Fame fight. That's definitely a Hall of Fame fight. So, I mean, it
0: should be. Yeah, so.
1: We'll it see. will be. I mean, maybe next year, maybe it gets put in, who knows?
0: Maybe. Uh, anything else you wanted to share, kind of about your experience being in the crowd before we get to contested rounds, sir? Oh,
1: just a lot of fun. I wish I could do it every every pay per view.
0: How was the food?
1: Food was
0: did I even because I I know you're very down on the Barclays Center food. Oh, Barclays Center food food. is is trash. (laughs) Um, how does ViStar Veterans Memorial Arena stack up?
1: I ate prior. I at a brewery beforehand before we went inside. It wasn't concerned about the food. I was more into the howler head. (laughs) Um. While I was there. Also I got to uh I got to meet three uh of the traveling judges prior. Oh yeah. Met Sal D'Amato, Derek Cleary, and Eric Colon, all very nice, uh cool people.
0: I met them uh when they were in New York as well.
1: It was it was it was quite a treat to finally, you know, talk to the guys we uh talk about every week. Yeah, did they beat you so, up for all
0: those scores you trashed? Yeah.
1: But, yep. Eric, Good, Eric Colon was like, Here, yeah, this is an Plata." Yeah. And he put me in it and then Derek Cleary was like, "Yep, but I'm gonna rear naked choke you." Mm-hmm. And then Sal was like, "You got 7 to bro," and that was it. That's
0: true. He's given a couple 10-7s, mm-hmm. too. That makes sense. Yeah, it was it. it you while know, he was calf slicering you, I'm sure
1: it was cool. They were very excited for the card. Yeah. They're like, "This card is fantastic." It really is. So it was a fantastic they're, card. They're they're very very enthusiastic about their job. They, they I mean, they're very excited. So that's cool something that I that. don't think
0: anybody understands about the mm-hmm. judges that they they really do love the sport. Mm -hmm. They they're very passionate about the sport. They don't do it because it's like a nine to five punch in. They have to fly all over the country. You know, they have to take time away from their families. They have to make time away from, you know, the regular jobs to do this and figure out how that dynamic works. It's not easy. And, you know, the three individuals you named, you know, D'Amato, Cleary, uh, Cologne, they're three of the best in the world. I think we should be pretty uh, psyched that we get people that are this passionate and this sharp and this Mm -hmm. understanding of the the criteria, how it's assessed, being able to handle the big moments like these big fights. Yeah. I think we're pretty fortunate to have people like that. We need more people like that. We definitely need more judges who are of their caliber, and I don't think we have enough of them yet, but we have who we have right now, and I think that's pretty okay. Yeah, you can go listen to last week's show
1: and – we we offer some suggestions to fix that.
0: That's right. So. That's right. And the last one is, if you don't like it, you can go. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's go to contested rounds, sir. Yeah. Uh, we we've only got six rounds. I mean, only it's it's six. I feel like is kind of like a normal number, especially for the number of rounds that were. How many how many rounds did we're scored? Thirty two. Thirty two rounds. That is a big big lift for these judges. So six out of thirty two is uh what is that like eighty something percent? Eighty
1: eighty one. 81.25%. That's a really good yeah.
0: percentage. I think they were the percentage was a little, a little lower to start the year and I think it started mm-hmm. to really like, because of the recent events it started to kind of normalize back to usually see it around 73ish percent. Um, judges will disagree on a round. That does include a 10-8-9 split too. Yeah. Any form right. any form right. of disagreement. Um and the 8-9 is is of course a very tricky conversation for all the reasons that we outlined earlier, right? We don't have to get into that mm-hmm. again, but uh we got to start with With the the title fight, that was a split decision, of course. Sterling and Jan, uh, it was all 48-47s because there were no four ten nines or excuse me, no 10-8s. Round one, as we've already said, is the round that is up for debate. So, Dan, what happens in round one?
1: Round one, not a lot. Um, We got Jan stalking Aljo pretty much for the first half of the round. And in this this first half, Sterling's landing good body kicks, good leg kicks, and Jan's not answering with anything really at all. Yeah, uh, I don't agree with what the commentary was saying that they're saying Yan was being so aggressive. I didn't see any aggression. I saw him just walking him down and not. It was throwing it was anything. aggression without throwing though. It, it, that's that's something that doesn't score. Right, it was just stalking. Like, mm-hmm. um, as the round does progress past this point, he does land a couple strikes, but I only think he lands like three solid punches and a, and a body kick. Really, Aljo continued with with his uh, body work and, and leg leg kicks, and he landed a solid elbow too in that round I don't hate a score for Jan because I think it is still close sure but I think Sterling's the the more effective fighter here and I think that's the better score 10-9 Sterling yeah,
0: yeah I, I also was 10-9 Sterling watching it live I, I watched it again today I tried to make a point to watch as many of these uh twice as I could today uh usually I don't at the time it just kind of worked out today for me to do so and yeah watching it again I think it was way closer I I like I saw the argument before for Jan but I really saw it today I still feel like Aljamain Sterling took it for me because, because yeah, there you have to weigh the whole five minutes. And I feel like most people just said, well, nothing happened for two minutes. So let's just look at those three minutes. And if you just look at three minutes, it's a lot easier to give that round to Jan, but there's two other minutes that happen more. I mean, you know, we're rounding at two minutes. It's probably not quite two, but Aljamain is starting to build a, just a little bit of a lead and no one's landing it that the big one, right? You know, no, Jan lands, Jan lands something like right at the horn. Uh, which counts, and I thought oh, that was one of his best strikes of the whole round, but I didn't think it was the type of strike that in for the round that developed up to that point that it just turned the round to him. I didn't see it. I think it's a Sterling round. I think it's a close round. I think you can give it to either way, but I feel good at, about Sterling. And, and anyone who can't see it that way, I mean, you, you're either – honestly, I, I don't see it as anything other than you've got a bias or you've got a misunderstanding of the way things work. It's close. That's the way it goes. Yeah. So the judges for that one saw it our way. Uh, where Sal D'Amato and local judge, Eliseo Rodriguez, they, I think they made a point just like they did in Ohio a few weeks ago to get a local judge on like just about every fight, especially the, the championship fights with Troy Winkapaw was in the other one uh, as the mm-hmm. local judge. So I, I kind of like doing that in the sense, because I think at least some of these, Eliseo Rodriguez is what worked a bunch of shows. I think I even remember working a bunch of PFL shows and actually acquitting himself pretty well there. Um So I didn't, you know, when I saw the name, I was like, oh, OK, that's not bad. Uh, and then Troy Winkapaz also worked some as well and equipped and, and himself just fine. So it's good to give them more experience. This is how we get better judges, more better judges. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tricky, though, because, the, you know, what do you do? It's a title fight. Like there's there's big consequences here if they're not ready for it. So but fortunately, I think everything was fine. Uh, Chris Lee saw it for Peter Yan. So as much as everybody likes to bash Chris Lee, anyone who thought Peter Yan was the winner, just remember that Chris Lee saw it your way. Maybe he's not that bad, or based on your own logic, maybe you don't know how to judge either. <laughs> I lean into the former, but you know, it's okay if you feel terrible too. <laughs> that, that, that anything to add on that one before we move on to? No,
1: I think I think you got it. We're good. Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's let's go to the other split, uh, which was Mackenzie Dern and Tisha Torres, which happened two fights before this 29 28s all around, two for Dern, one for Tisha Torres. And again, it's round one that the whole fight hinges on. So what happens here?
1: Yeah, I thought this was a pretty close round. Uh, kind of a high-paced start. Dern's coming out, just throwing haymakers and missing. That's uh, aggressive,
0: but also <laughs> not landing.
1: Torres <laughs> right. landed uh, a good amount. I uh, just don't think she had any real impact on her punches. I thought her most impactful strikes are those side body kicks that she's getting some good uh, good
0: power on. That's like a, a strike I associate with Tisha. Like when I think mm-hmm. of her, uh, that's like a, like that's definitely like a Tisha Torres strike.
1: Yeah, I mean, even though early I think Torres is edging it, uh, I think Dern starts finding a home for her straight rights, and every time she lands, she's kind of stopping Torres in her tracks, getting good reactions. Uh, she lands a few of those as the round continues on, and, and you know, based on the impact, that's where I'm going. I'm going Dern ten nine. Even though Torres likely has the volume edge, I just didn't think she had. Much impact behind her strikes.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's actually like a decent amount of impact there, but I don't think it's it's enough to make up for the fact that when when Dern does land, I think she's landing pretty heavily. I think that the volume disparity isn't crazy in this one when it comes down to it and, and the strikes. You got to weigh the more immediately impactful strikes. And I mm-hmm. think the ones that are more immediately impactful are coming from Mackenzie Dern. Yeah, it's not it's not as technically sound. It's not as economical. You know she's swinging and missing. It's not great economy of her movement and that kind of thing. But it doesn't matter because that that doesn't score. It's all about what you actually land.
1: That is something that uh, John Anik. I don't know which fight he said it in. It could have been this one where he's he's quoting the stats and he's using it to say the more effective fighter thus far is such and such landing at fifty percent a clip as opposed to the other fighter. Was
0: this fight landing?
1: At less than fifty percent or whatever, that should the amount that's that's getting stuck in people's heads. And I know he he doesn't intend to do it because he's. I think more... the use of
0: the word effective just happened to be the the wrong word choice, and it just like it's something that you kind of say. Like sometimes I fight the urge to say like he controlled him on the ground right, because yeah. control is like th- you know. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It probably was this fight.
1: So like stuff like that, people are going to hear and go. Oh, you know they landed more, and then they then they'll they'll post the graphic of of the total strikes for the whole sure. fight, and be like, "How'd they win, huh?"
0: I I will say this: I think what Anik did there wasn't as um as like grave a sin as as we hear from you know a lot of a lot of the commentary team. I think one John is is honestly quite good, oftentimes at being a level headed presence when it comes to the scoring. Um, everyone has room to improve, of course, but I I think here this this was more just an accidental. Poor choice of right, word, yeah. the word "effective," you know, because he. I think probably he would have meant to say "efficient."
1: Right. That's yeah. And I Normally think "efficient" was efficient, totally usually. accurate.
0: And I, I imagine he it was a more of a slip of the tongue. And and when you talk yeah. as much as John does during the course of a six and a half hour uh, event, I'm not going to crucify him for using a slightly different word that just so happens to be a very important word to the criteria. Yes, but you're right; it is there, and it could potentially confuse somebody, but only if they've actually like read the criteria or remembered John Spiel at the beginning of events. <laughs> so I don't know who knows. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm not going crazy on it, but point being, we both gave this round to Mackenzie Durham for the heavier impact, right? Yes. The more impactful uh, lands. Very close though. Really, really close. If you want to say Tisha Torres won this one, I see the argument very, very well there. Um, this was, of course, we agreed with the majority here in Chris Lee and Derek Cleary. Uh, Barry Luxenberg, a local judge, once again a- another local judge with two traveling judges uh, saw this one for Tisha Torres, but perfectly fine, reasonable score. I I, I really don't hate it.
1: Okay,
0: um, and he's he's worked several of these UFC events. Yeah. I think he's been he's proved to be a pretty solid uh, Florida-based judge, Barry Luxemburg. Mm-hmm. That was all the splits we have. We do have some you know rounds here and there from fights that were really not in question. Uh, it was all like 30-27s and then a 29-28 because of a, a split round here. But, uh, you know, I think we got to at least start with one that I thought was probably a little more interesting of, of some of these uh, in Mark O. Madsen. Not Mark O. Madsen. Not Mark O. Madsen. Mark O. Madsen. <laughs> he beat Vince Pichelle again 30-27 twice in a 29-28. Round two is where we have the uh, discrepancy here among the judges. A little bit of disagreement here. What happens in this round?
1: Uh, Pichelle landed the harder shots in this round. Madsen, you know, got his jab going pretty well. Um, and he landed a big elbow while he was stuck in a calf slicer. Uh, I think, I thought Pichelle won this one rather clearly. Uh, but maybe the two that saw for Madsen saw a heavier impact from, from the strikes than I saw. I mean, it's always possible. It is possible. I kind of think. Can't rule it out. The way the the round ends, you got Pichelle on top, landing some good shots. I thought this was, I thought it was pretty clear for Pichelle.
0: When I watched it at first, I thought it was really clear for Pichel. Uh, and I was very surprised to see that there was a split. I, I didn't want to crucify the, the scoring there, but I still thought, I thought it was real surprising. I watched it again, and I started to see it as a little bit more close. Okay. But I do still think this is like a close but clear round for Vince Pichel. All right. So, you know, I, I think the D'Amato got it right. I think, mm. I think the right score here, the better score was for Vince Pichel. I don't think it's the worst thing for Howard Reichbach or Chris Lee to score it that way. Both of them are local Florida judges, although Chris Lee travels. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't think it was the greatest of scores here for Madsen. So, yeah, you and I were both uh, in agreement with the uh, with Judge D'Amato on Vince Michelle, right? Yes. So what does that mean?
1: Couchside okay. override.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, next up, we are at Ian Gary, who was the feature prelim, getting the win over Darian Weeks again 3027s twice and 29 and 28 and again it's round 2 where there is some disagreement so Dan what happens here I
1: think it's a close round I think Gary he's landing his left pretty good then his follow up right is being blocked there and missing a lot of it. it Weeks is Weeks is doing a good job avoiding that that follow up right for the mm-hmm. most part but uh The problem is Weeks isn't really returning any offense of his own. So when he does throw back, he does have some success. He's just not throwing back enough. I think Gary is more effective overall, even though he did miss quite a bit. Um, I think you can make an argument either way here. I think it's a lot of... I think Gary landed slightly better, I would say. Okay. And more often, albeit
0: not that much. I think he did his best work earlier in the round. So... I th- I think probably the way I saw this round kind of going was that he, he had built up enough of a lead. It wasn't a big lead, but it was it was kind of a clear lead through the first part of the round. And then you saw Weeks kind of start to take it a little bit more, a little bit more damage being dealt. Uh, not crazy either, but and he gets like a takedown at the end that doesn't really count for much of anything. I, I don't really score that. But yeah, I, I thought at least he was able to kind of make it closer near the end. I still think this is a Gary round. Uh, so I saw it the same way as you did. Uh same as Derek Cleary, same as Troy Winkapa Uh Eric Colon was the out judge on this one. I don't think it's a crazy score. I, I wouldn't have gone that way, but you know, I also recognize that this was a reasonably close round. And I think in any sort of striking, almost entirely striking based round like this. A close round like that i mean what's it going to come down to a you know a strike or two here or there yeah, that maybe you that see better or I, worse than someone else
1: i felt he didn't really do much
0: early at least early that's what i'm talking yeah, about early so... is different but i think he started to come back a little later i can kind of see it there but i i i still think i would i feel very good about i saw this round twice um first time i th- i was actually surprised i thought the first round of this fight was was kind of a closer round i was surprised this was the split okay but uh, but nonetheless, everyone, I, I saw all three rounds when I watched this, freaking Gary. Hmm. Um, I feel good about it. It doesn't matter. We we got the right winner, but it was a closer round. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll let Eric alone off the hook. What do you think? Yeah. We'll let him off the hook yeah. on that one. Yeah. All right. Let him off the hook. <laughs> Rest in peace, Dennis Green. Uh, moving on. We got two more fights now Anthony Hernandez against Josh, AKA Best Friend, uh, <laughs> via unanimous know, decision. That is not his nickname, but I think it should be. Um, although he's probably got to win the fights to get there, right? Uh, again, thirty twenty sevens and a 29 twenty eight. Round two, once again, what happened in this round, sir?
1: Well, let me just point out that Anthony Hernandez, whatever song he came out to, was absolutely atrocious.
0: We didn't hear it. Um, it was one of the worst. We have no idea. Worst songs I, I've ever heard. Was it "Mary Had a Little Lamb"? Can no. we just say it is and move on? Yeah, but so let me just cool. talk. It's not a great song. Get that out of the way. Cool.
1: Anyway, the round started good for Hernandez. He has him in that crucifix and then he gets reversed. And I remember watching this a lot. I was like, What the how, what the hell just happened? How do you get out of that and <laughs> end up in side control? And then when I got to watch it on t, I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Basically just like a fireman carry kinda. Um, friend then attacks that solid guillotine. I thought that was pretty tight. Uh landed some good punches in, in the clinch, he was pretty good. You know, landed some good knees and stuff. Uh, Hernandez does regain control and get it on the ground and attacks a solid guillotine himself, then lands some strong ground and pound, you know, towards the end of the round. I think Fremd was a bit more effective overall, but I really kind of see it both ways here.
0: Yeah. I I don't disagree with you. Uh, I really don't even have a ton to add to what you've already said, but I did also see it the same way, uh, as you for Fremd. I thought, I thought, you know, the, the more effective offense was coming from him. Simple as that, really. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sal D'Amato had it the same way as as you and I did for Fremd. Barry Luxemburg, Chris Lee they were in the majority here but we disagree with them so what does that mean couch side override that's two for Sal uh, on this evening racking them up mm-hmm. in fact we uh, did we we didn't rule against uh, well I guess that would be spoiling it why don't we get to our last round yeah uh, <laughs> Julio Arce uh, he got again another 3027 twice in the 2928 over Danya Santos to open it up Willie Cat as they call him this is the first round once again is up for uh up for grabs to decide well not to decide the fight but at least where there was a discrepancy so hey what happens Dan?
1: close another close round obviously uh, yeah and probably was leaning Santos early uh, I think so too yeah but Arce, he started countering well, landing some stiff punches while Santos stalked him and threw wild strikes, like just crazy all over the place. Uh, he did land some heavy ones, including two elbows and a, a big right to the head. But then Arce lands that big head kick, and that that basically is the reason he gets the round. Uh, followed up with some good punches, put a stamp on the round. Um, Yeah, 10-9 Arce.
0: I think it's because of that ending that it felt like that really ought to be enough to get the round. When mm-hmm. you when you account for the whole body of work of the round, because, yeah, Arce is not necessarily <laughs> off the best – I dropped my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Arce is not off to the very best start to this round. He's a little more patient, maybe reading his opponent. He I spoke to Julio Arce a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying he knew that this guy was you know a lot of spinning attacks and that kind of thing. Um, so he was kind of prepared for that, and he's he's a veteran kickboxer, boxer, a lot of striking experience in his life. So I'm not surprised that he kind of gave it a little bit of time before he kind of got going. And then when he did, he really took over. Um I think I think the big kick and it kind of really changes the round. He was already taking it. I think it's honestly kind of a semi clear round for Julio yeah. Arce here. I mean, am I wrong in thinking that this really ought to be a Julio Arce round? Dan?
1: I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Santos's score. i scoring it's, it for Santos. You, you, you don't
0: mind it going that way?
1: I'm not a I'm not a big fan of it. Oh yeah, okay. Um, maybe from his perspective, the kick wasn't that big. I don't know.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. It that was, seemed that stuff it seemed
1: because... it seemed big from if he of course
0: if you if you miss so... one strike for one reason or another the ref walks in front you got a post in front of you you know the guy is is positioned in such a way that you can't see the way it lands who knows a billion reasons why they're not checking their phone everybody uh, but but I I feel like as long as you saw that strike. And you saw the general gist of the round. I think we know who wins this round. I think this is an RSA round. Yeah. I, I think it's definitively an RSA round. Good thing we have three judges there uh, because two of them definitely saw it the right way. Um, so, I, you know, I sided with Chris Lee and again, Sal D'Amato. Uh, whereas Eliseo Rodriguez, who again, I, I don't think is a, is a poor judge by any stretch. Uh for the imagination, but I just didn't think this is the greatest of scores. And that does it. That does it. That is uh, that is it for the contested rounds from UFC 273. What about the finishes, Dan? Because there was only three. There's only two of us. Which one did you take as your favorite?
1: Well, clearly Olenek with his scarf hold.
0: Yeah, that I whole fight. You, that whole fight that one.
1: was me in my seat yelling, "Oh, oh, triangle! <laughs> what? Oh!" How do you get out of that? What? <laughs> it's over. It's over. He's not getting out of this. This is the worst position in the world. It's over, and then the tap. Yep. So,
0: did you see the video, by the way? Of uh, I think the UC account posted it. It was uh, Jerry Vandera finds him afterward, and he's like, "Hey, show me how you do that." <laughs> so in like just like a forty-five second thing, you see uh, Olenek is teaching Vandera how to do the scarf hold.
1: It's a, it is one of the most unpleasant. Things to be put in.
0: And then Vandera was, uh, today he tweeted something about, uh, he's like, well, guess I'm going to be drilling how to defend against the Scarfold. (laughs) And the first thought I had was like, you just lost to the guy who's going to do it. (laughs) You don't need that anymore. No one else is going to do it. No. What's his face? Alexander, uh, what's his face? Uh, Romanov, is that his name? Okay. The heavyweight? I think he can do that too. I think he's he's got a few of those. So if they fight each other, he's at least going to be prepared for that position. (laughs) Uh, I, I I'm pretty sure he he's got a couple of scar folds. Uh, so he's like kind of passing the torch, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And your your favorite?
0: Well, it's probably not the one you would have picked as your favorite. I had a feeling you wouldn't because it was Mike Mallott, uh stiffening up Mickey Gall, finishing him in under four minutes. Uh, he, he basically Mickey Gall was a plank when he got hit by that. Uh, yeah. It was a punch, right? I, I'm, I'm at this point I'm blanking now. It was a, a left. Day. Yeah, it was a left. Thank you, thank you. It was a left hand, and he just starches him, and Mickey seems to wake up, but. You know, the moment the moment he's out is the moment the ref can stop it and the ref was, was stopping that fight. So uh, I think it was the right call. It was a good finish. Uh and then Mike Millot promised to give uh his ten thousand dollar uh what show money show or money. win bonus. Yeah, show money. Uh, ten thousand dollars he pledged uh, of his own money. Uh and then Dana's like, No, 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 you can keep that. I'll give the ten thousand dollars out of my own pocket. Yeah. How magnanimous. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. But, uh, but it's very nice uh, what what Mila is trying to do donate donate money for um good cause. Mm-hmm. And that is it from UFC two seventy three. We've got a pay per view next month, but uh, we've actually got a busy fight weekend this weekend, sir. With with Bellator back in action and UFC. And look, I, I don't think this is I, mean, I do like, think this is any sort of like crazy thing to say. Bellator has the the best top of the card. I okay. Of these two.
1: But we deserve a cut from because they did zero marketing for this fight this card. <laughs> I haven't heard about this from anyone in a, an official Bellator capacity whatsoever. No They're TV nursed. ads, nothing on the internet. It's 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 insanity that their biggest featherweight fight that they could they could possibly book. They they've said nothing about
0: it. And, and not just that but the end of their light heavyweight grand prix. The the <laughs> light
1: heavyweight grand prix. They have done nothing.
0: I I'm of the understanding that Monday is a press conference.
1: Oh great. How would I be supposed to know that? <laughs> you don't talk about it at all.
0: It's coming. Uh, granted the it, it it follows up one of the bigger fight weekends we've had in a while. It's it's you know they they're always going to have a hard time getting attention uh i will say like if anybody from bellator is listening you can pitch me things first off i i'm i'm willing to listen to pitches i don't get a lot of pitches from bellator i get pitches all the time from pfl i get pitches from one i get pitches from all the places uh ufc i don't get anything from bellator if i if i talk to anyone bellator it's almost always me saying hey okay. uh, i'd like to speak to him i'd like to speak to her and sure enough i spoke to aj mckee the other day great conversation
1: it's a good guy he should fight, and,
0: and I'll have I'll have that Q and A out this week. But so there's something that that'll be a little promotion for you, Dan. But that's yeah, that's kind of me making the effort, which is fine. I just think it deserves to be covered.
1: But you don't work for Bellator,
0: no, I don't. I work for you know the New York Post, but so, I think it's newsworthy enough to cover. That's that's really what it comes down. to. Yes,
1: but I'm saying we've got nothing from a Bellator official capacity saying, "Hey, watch this fight," <laughs> at all.
0: Yeah, they definitely should do a lot more with their marketing pushes and and things, especially on channels like – I mean, they have CBS. It's all in the same umbrella that they could potentially use, and they don't really do that. I I, I think they do. They have a lot of room to – I don't want to make this about the marketing because I want to talk about the fights and and get this over with. I'm trying to get us a
1: paycheck. We're doing the (laughs) job for them.
0: If you want a paycheck, you can reach out, but I I don't want to work for them. I work for the New York Post, and that's fine for me. But let's talk about the fights, sir. All right. AJ McKee, Patricio Pitbull, at the very least I know you're interested in this fight yes. even though we already saw it, we already saw it, it kind of end very quickly the first time. Um, but I got to think the rematch isn't going to go the same way.
1: I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun too. And I'm excited I do for
0: think it. AJ McKee did enough to show me that yeah, he probably is better than the Patricio Pitbull of 2022 uh last fight when it was 2021. So I have a hard. I, I, it's hard to count out Pitbull because he is just a fantastic fighter. Who realistically, if, if he had fought under a different banner, we would be talking about him probably with the same reverence we talk about guys like Korean Zombie and things like that. Because he's a freaking, you know, <laughs> like Joe Rogan says, he's an animal. Yeah. He, lo- he loves to, to call people animals and things. Yeah. holy cannoli <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he is i mean i guess he, he is on the slide i guess you would say or or more so aj mckee is on the rise he is the guy now he is the he guy absolutely spot. so yeah I, I i see him winning this fight again and then hopefully we get to see him in Volk uh, fight in a cross promotional <laughs> match
0: my understanding is that he has three fights left because of the champion's clause on his contract is it counts wants- as one this counts as one. I think okay. he would love if he could knock them out sooner than later. He just wants his money. I don't think he necessarily cares if it's Bellator money or or UFC money. He really just wants to be paid what he's worth. Doesn't sound like they've gotten there yet from Bellator. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Um, but you know, once once his uh, once his free agency comes up, maybe he will go over on his own. Who knows?
1: We shall see.
0: He's uh, he's not exactly dancing around the fact that he just wants to get paid. He, his nickname is the Mercenary.
1: I like it. You know, you don't, don't try to act like you're the best in the world. Just say, Hey, I, I want to get paid the most.
0: I feel like AJ McKee is a fighter up your alley. I think you like him. I do like, him. I think, I think you'll like him as he continues on with his career too. keep on yeah. going. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the other fight, I, and not that I'm not interested in McKee and Pitbull because I, these are two very fascinating fighters to me. And, and I do think the fight will develop into a more interesting and compelling potential back and forth than we had, but Vadim Nevkov and, Corey Anderson really fascinates me because I think Nemkov legitimately has an argument to be made as the best 205er in the world. He can't prove it necessarily with, you know, particular victories in the cage here. But I think just the body of work is going to eventually add up. And you have to say, look, it's undeniable that he's one of the best in the world. And he eventually could prove it.
1: Yeah, except I'm picking Corey Anderson this weekend. Why is that? Because he's beast in 25, eight. Not anymore. Not anymore I no. He's got a What's, different yeah, nickname, so, right? Yeah, it's something different now. Overtime? He, is it overtime? Yeah, Corey, overtime, Anderson.
0: If he goes, if he goes back to beast in twenty-five-eight, I think he's probably going to win. <laughs> Maybe I just, in the twenty-sixth minute of round six.
1: <laughs> I just see him doing it. Yeah, getting it done. So probably decisions. Is what you're saying? I'm right? going with knockout. Corey wow, what round? Early. What round you got? Round
0: one. Round wow. Look yeah. this. Okay. I and mean, he's showing power. He he has shown to be i think a better fighter than anyone really got to see in the octagon i think he probably found that extra gear in his career so he's he's a fascinating fighter i think yeah if he gets a win over nemkov too you could you could make an argument that he's the best tour to fiver in the world i mean him and him and jan split a few fights and yeah there's Mm -hmm. there's some intrigue there
1: got three straight finishes so
0: yeah I am go. picking Nemkov though. I, I'm oh, okay. kind of very much on the Nemkov train. Okay. I think it's probably going to be more like a like a decision. That's All that's right. how I see it. I don't I don't know that it'll even be the most fascinating of fights. I think it could end up being kind of one of those tougher 205 pound fights that don't necessarily always entertain you. But mm-hmm. I think he'll I think he's the better guy. I think he's going to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's about time this this uh, Grand Prix wraps up. So. The Grand Prix so, uh, and it's title fight old. 2, of
0: course. A year is a reasonable time frame for them to do it. I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, Pride did it in a night.
0: Pride did it? No, they did several nights. Stop that. Two nights. It was two nights. I believe it was two nights. Yeah, they would fight two times in one night, and then there was another night where they would fight in the, the finals. I, I always forget which one, which way, which order it was. It's been a while since I've watched a Pride fight, which actually depresses me. See, so I kinda, you do it I kind of want to go back and watch it. You can do two Grand Prix per weight class a year. Yeah, but they have to give out a million dollars for that a year, and they don't want to do that.
1: They'll make it, though. There's a budget, sir. They're going to They're gonna make it. How do you budget your money, sir? By paying fighters the fights I want to watch.
0: That doesn't sound like the way Dan Urban does his books.
1: I'm very good at budgeting other people's money.
0: <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Uh, this is in California. It's in San Jose, so... Uh, Andy Foster's run that commission, one of the best in the, in the country. Uh, and, uh, I expect he'll bring in some of the best judges in the country. It's, it's a Friday. It's the day before the UFC. Um, I don't think you'll see judges do double duty, but I think we'll get some pretty solid judges, probably, you know, Mike bell or, or, uh, Ron McCarthy, you know, California based judges. I imagine will be there. I'm not sure which state her Dean will be working in. He could be Vegas. He could be uh California. I don't know. It's always interesting when we have these these ones so close because you kind of just you get just about everybody from the talent pool uh, of of the working you know top judges and referees or like it's like all hands on deck right yeah so so we'll see uh, was there another fight you were interested in there was one at least I was I don't know if it's the same one as you no you don't care I'm I am interested in Aaron Pico I it's unfortunate it's a late replacement in uh, Adley Edwards I I don't know a ton about Adley Edwards maybe he's a fascinating perfor- uh, opponent um, but. Pico, he—they gave him the roughest of starts. They booked him terribly at the beginning. The people handling his career did a terrible job. Bellator did a terrible job. Everyone did a terrible job by this kid because, yeah, of course he wants to fight the toughest guys, but don't put him with Adam Borich around in fight five. That was a, just a dumb decision. Um, looks worse in hindsight, but even then, it was like, come on, this guy's fighting a veteran. He's a—he's a prospect. Don't do that. Um, I, I like to see how he progresses. I would like to. I'm also, at the first. I was kind of against him just in the sense that like, I hate being told this guy's going to be the one that takes over sport when he hasn't fought yet. I'm like, yeah, I'll believe when I see it, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm kind of just skeptical because you're telling me to believe it. But now that he's kind of had it had his knockdowns, he's, he's paid his dues. I, you know, I'm, I'm not rooting for him in the sense that I'm like, yeah, go Pico. You know, it's just, it's nice to see somebody, you know, rise a rise through, you know, persevere through, Um, Adversity like that, and he he seems to be turning rounding form. I'm interested. Yeah, all right. Will he ever be a world beater? I don't know, but you know, I think he could still be a solid fighter. All right, UFC of course is the next day, and I know you're Team UFC all day. Uh, The main event here is good; it's a very solid main event. I think on any other weekend, this would be the more interesting. main event that UFC would put on against Bellator or any other competition. But I, I do think that the the one-two punch of the two title fights with Bellator is more compelling to me. But yeah, I mean, Vicente Luque, I mean, he's almost never in a boring fight, right?
1: No, Luque is awesome.
0: Belal oh. Muhammad doesn't oh. necessarily have that reputation, but he is uh, he's a very tough out. I'm interested to see what kind of goes on here. I think if, Bel- if Muhammad does win, I think he's probably going to be able to grind out luke a, he's not really known as a finisher luke a is most definitely known as a finisher so
1: yeah it's gonna be if if he wins it's a grindy win yeah so
0: but like but like you alluded to i mean the winner of this fight reasonably could be the next uh title shot or could step in uh yeah. excuse me for uh leon edwards if leon was to get hurt which i'm not rooting for i want the guy to get his shot again i mean god just just give him one more chance against uh kamar <laughs> It's a different time. He's done the work, but yeah, I mean, whoever wins out of here at least is a very reasonable argument to be next too oh so, yeah
1: yeah for, uh, for sure
0: what what you pick? I'm gonna go with Luke a. I will also pick Luke. A. I am going to say Luke a... knockout round two. no, I think Luke a
1: sub Luke a sub off a takedown guillotine.' What round 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 three
0: all right, interesting. Sub in round three. Mm-hmm. Low low percentage, sir.
1: High percentage this time. All right. Fair
0: enough. Uh, and, of course, it's Nevada, like we said. Uh, again, top judges, top refs. We're going to get the best. Except yes, they're going to be split be- between two states. So, you know. But there's enough good quality officials out there that we can handle it uh, in North America with the splits there, I'm sure. Uh, were there other fights on this undercard that you were interested in?
1: Um, I'm interested in a lot of it. Uh, Miguel Baez is always a favorite. Um
0: He's lost two in a row too. He's got Andre Vialio uh next. I mean he
1: is a he's one of those guys that could be the total package if he just, you know, can get it together. Yeah, he's he's got time so, too. He's young. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm gonna go with but go with Andre is pretty good too. So I'm gonna go with Baeza. Okay. By sub. I
0: will go with Baeza by decision. All right. Mm hmm. But I fight? am more interested, actually, than, and, and believe it or not, it's a heavyweight fight among oh. a, with, involving a non-heavyweight contender, which for me is almost like, you know, sacrilege. But it's Huggy Bear, man. Huggy
1: Chris Bear. Are you sure he's still on this card?
0: I My understanding is he's on this card. Am I wrong? Did something change? Oh,
1: there he is. Okay. Martin Boudet. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see another flip uh, victory dance, so. The guy's just fun. Yeah. You
0: know what? He he, he makes you, you want to watch. I'm going to go with a knockout for Barnett. I will also go with a knockout for Barnett. I'm going to say round one because yeah. Scotty. Round one,
1: and then we also <laughs> get another awesome
0: GIF. I won't go that far. It's, that's tough to predict. By the way, the uh, thinking of memes, uh, and we can close out on this, sir. The, um, the image, and you probably didn't see this when you were watching the fight live, but the image when, I think it was in round three, Sterling takes the back again of Peter Yan and he gets this like Cheshire grin on his face. He's like, yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that's great. I'm watching it live. And then, uh, then I saw uh, Ben folks uh, from the co-main event posted that image up there. I was like, yes, this is definitely one of the best memes. And this whole series has given us two of the best memes because we also had the infamous Peter Yan raising his fist in celebration After uh, getting disqualified or just before he officially got disqualified uh, in the fight that he should have won if he just didn't deliver a knee and then he wouldn't have had to lose this time to Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. It's his own fault. Chimes off the foot and there will never be a better uh, self-owned picture representation in history than Peter Yan raising his fist that way.
1: And that does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges post UFC 273. We'll be back again on Monday, or maybe Sunday—I don't know. We'll be back
0: sometime, and hopefully <laughs> you'll be there to listen to us. Uh, thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. I'm sure we'll have we'll probably have a mix of Bellator and UFC. We'll have to figure out what the balance is, but uh, yeah, thanks everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next week.
1: Thanks for listening.